We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Nuwak, coming at you with a surprise pod i'm not gonna say emergency because it'll come up the day after but a surprise pod in between our normally regularly scheduled programming with news of rashawn gary's extension being signed so we are gonna talk about something happy for the first time in a few weeks so i hope you guys all enjoyed this this pod along with some trade deadline uh preview before the deadline uh today as you're listening to this and joining me to talk about all that is my lovely co-host jordan trusky jordan how you doing buddy Hello, I'm putting pen to paper. Pen <laughs> to paper. We love seeing pen hit paper around 1265 Lombardi Avenue. Uh, yeah, that, that's just the news. Rashawn Gary signs his his extension, four years, $107 million, um, if all of his, um, what are they called? Why am I blanking? Jordan bonuses, Thank incentives. You. Incentives, bonus, if they are all hit, a uh, total of $107 million, um, which includes a $34.5 million signing bonus that will be split amongst the duration of his contract over the next four years. Um, he was currently playing on his uh, fifth year, I think, rookie option, the $10 million option that the Packers picked up, not this past May, but the May before. And 
that $107 million mark will slot him in as the eighth most or eighth highest paid edge rusher in the league behind uh, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett, Von Miller, uh, TJ Watt, and Bradley Chubb, just ahead of Max Crosby and Harold Landry. So for a guy that has had 63 total games coming off an ACL injury, um, four and a half sacks this year and 27 total in his career, I think is a pretty good piece to sign um, to his extension. Obviously young, obviously going to be a leader for, for quite some time. But Jordan, what is your uh, what were your thoughts when you saw this come across your timeline this morning? Um, I was on my way to work. It was a good way to uh, go into work, knowing that Rashawn Gary, a long-awaited move um, from Packers Twitter, um, finally happened. And considering the price, considering the productivity that we've seen this year on 39% of the team's defensive snaps, it's worth it. Like, I, I think I was thinking about it today. And... I have really, now that we're thinking big picture, I've thought about like building blocks. We've talked about a lot of building blocks. And I think on offense, I have been very critical of like, well, who are, they, who is, are there any? Right. On defense, it's a different ga- like conversation entirely because there are more veterans. There are less players that we think of as the rookie scale contract guys that like we just want to see pop. The development. Sean Gary has undoubtedly been a bright spot for the Packers this year. The fact that he's coming off his ACL tears, he signs this not even a year to the day that he tore his ACL in Detroit last year, um, which is pretty stunning. <laughs> but I think from what we have seen, the flashes, the athleticism, the raw power that he has always had. It's all there, and it's steadily ramping up. They have, we've had a lot of problems with how they have gone about treating guys coming off of significant injuries, and we will air more of them out because I'm sure they'll more of those will happen. But with when it comes to Rashawn Gary, how they've managed his re- recovery and his return has been probably for the best. Clearly, he has been dating back to what we saw right before he got hurt. And again, as we're looking for those bright spots, those players that we can say, hey, this guy is going to be on the Green Bay Packers for the years to come. And regardless of what the team looks like in the years to come, we can say, hey, maybe this guy has a shot to be on on, on the team for the next five years. Well, doing this move obviously commits him to that at, at the on its face. And Again, it's just, it's a no-brainer. He's been one of their most talented players, backed it up with his stats. It it just makes sense for the Packers to do this. You gotta keep the talent that you have, especially when you're gonna be in talent acquisition mode very soon here. Right. Absolutely. I think you said it perfectly. The building block of this defense is going to be guys like Rashawn Gary moving forward. And to lock up a guy that has been truly uh I guess a leader coming off of what he was before his ACL injury last year and now leading this this edge rushing defense in this pass rush this year, really kind of being the only, I don't like I say the only bright spot, but one of the few bright spots on that line getting home and getting sacks this year. So I think locking him up makes, uh, makes a whole lot of sense, frankly. He's 
been consistently up there in pass uh, pass rush win rate all year long. Um, even when he started, I think it was was it? Did he play week one against the Bears? I think he did. Correct. He was just playing like third downs. He did. He only played like third downs. And I think it basically went to like ten or twelve snaps. Right. Exactly. And so, but even with that, he was always just, he was consistently getting home and having uh, an impact early on this season. Uh, he's currently fourth in the NFL um, at uh, win rate at 32.4%, which is, which is pretty crazy. Only a few guys, uh, Travis Gibson of the Titans, Yazir Abdullah from the uh, Jaguars, and Ernest Brown the fourth, strong name alert, uh, from either LA team. It just says L.A., so we'll go with that as we, as we will. <laughs> Either the Rams or the or the Chargers. It's the, it's the Rams. So, uh, But yeah, being fourth in the NFL, a pass rush win rate, like you said, less than a year off of an ACL injury is really good stats. Really good stats. I think one of the better contracts I, we've seen signed, and I should say better, but I think I saw someone reported that the... Um, the contract itself isn't over, I think, 20 or 30 million going into 2028 when it expires. I like throw out the like how it's con- structured. Yeah, there's not like a huge riser in um, the cap it any year. It's just consistent throughout, which is good considering they're going to need cap down the line for either a QB or Jordan Love, depending on how um, Love continues to develop. So I think, honestly, a good signing by Brian Gunekust and glad he got it done with one of the guys. I think one of the first guys he drafted, if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted in uh, 2019. At, yep. Yeah, 12th overall, so I'm pretty sure that was one of his first drafts. If not if not the first, the second. Yeah, definitely the second. And to your point, we will get into the the as we focus on the draft and stuff like that of like Goody's experience and hits and misses and all that stuff. Sean Gary has is on his way towards being the best draft pick that he's made. Jair obviously probably holds that top spot, but a guy like Sean Gary, given the um uh ascension, the development and everything that we've seen come start to come together, especially, you know, in this phase two post injury. Um yeah, again, that's that's all about just keeping and controllable talent. If you're looking at it from a pure asset management, right? And I think the biggest thing is that last year he was on his way to probably getting a decent amount of uh, defensive player of the year votes um, over his five or his four and a half years now, um, not games played, just service time. He had two sacks his rookie year, five his sophomore year, and then last year before he got injured, he had nine and a half sacks in. Um, oh, my apologies, my apologies. Nine and a half sacks his third year, and then through nine games, he had six sacks. So he was well on his way to surpassing that that uh, record mark of nine and a half. This year, through three games started and seven games total plays at four and a half. So probably, well, what well, not say probably will play the rest of the ten games this season, and. I don't see a reason why he couldn't get the 10 if he continues to develop and continues to recover from that knee injury and only gets better. Like, I think if he continues to develop and is really showcasing his his talent and develops like we hope he should be, I think next year could be a really special year for Rashawn Gary. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Maybe if they get a new defensive coordinator in there too. Sorry, I had to, I had to pepper in some some <laughs> some optimism about. You got buried. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think all in all, big win for the Packers. I know there were some rumblings about him being traded. Not rumblings, I guess fan rumblings about him being traded, just to see where we where the team could go and what they could get for him. Kind of looking at like the Khalil Mack trade and um, the Yannick Ngakwe trade of years past when bad teams just get rid of their star edge rushers because they know they're going to be bad for the next couple of years. But ultimately, I think for a guy that's uh, 25, turns 26 um, early December, I think it, it's just such a, an easy no-brainer to, to keep a guy that is on the rise for sure and is also plays plays a position that is so critical to winning it's a premium highest paid player on the packers right now too yeah i'm sure that well once the contract starts like right right yeah yeah but overtakes jair was what i imagine that that number uh, bach bach yeah and then i gotta imagine jair's up there somewhere that contract was pretty big <laughs> yeah so um, anything else on Rashawn, Gary, uh, Jordan, or should we continue to celebrate our one happy highlight we've had the last few weeks? Um, no, I think that's it. I, I, I'm very pleased with this. It was a, a nice, <laughs> nice, not a consolation because it's anything but, but it's just nice that this gets done amidst this slide continuing for the Packers because questions just naturally will arise the longer this kind of thing would have gone on right absolutely and i think i'm i was i've definitely been on the record saying they just got to pay the man like the longer they waited to pay him the more expensive it was going to get Mm -hmm. and so all in all i think it's a good deal i think it's a modest deal for both sides um and yeah i'm just just happy it happened yeah We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Shall we move on to a little preview of the trade deadline? A little, little preview action. Let's do it. So, the trade deadline, as you're listening to this today, loyal listener, is, I believe, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But I'm going to double-check that as to not misspeak, because they ought, ought to just make uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, 3 o'clock here in the Central Time Zone. So, if you're listening to this before 3 o'clock, there's still optimism that some of these trades might happen, or pessimism that they do, depending on which side of the fence you're on. Um, but... Ought to talk about some some trades just in case uh, the Packers feel the need to make an addition at receiver or running back, which they've been rumored to do. Uh, Fox's Jay Glazer has said the Packers are amongst the teams calling uh, about running backs across the league, looking for someone to supplement Aaron Jones, most likely. And maybe they've seen enough of A.J. Dillon. Um, but then Jason, uh, L- Jason LaConfora of the Washington Post had mentioned that Preston Smith is being uh, tossed around in trade rumors as well um, amongst scouting circles, he was saying. So we are going to hop into a few of these players on both the offensive and defensive side and check out their viability for, for trading as well as give our opinion on whether or not we think they should be traded, whether they, whether we think they should or shouldn't, what the detriments and positives would be to a team aspect overall and things like that. So, First off is the aforementioned Preston Smith. Veteran playing well on a uh, contract that runs through 2026 and has a uh, salary, a base salary this year of $1.16 million, so it's nothing low, but has a cap hit of near six, including his signing bonuses, everything like that. Um, if they were to move on from him this year and trade him, they'd save a million dollars and then $2.5 million um, next year if they were to be traded I guess we'll get into some more of these notes Jordan but what what are you, what is your what are your feelings on trading Preston Smith and I guess do you, what are your thoughts on it being an option from from the team standpoint I think I've wrestled with this because I think of all the players that I could see be moved. Preston makes the most sense. They have options beyond Gary and him. Enigbari, Brent Cox Jr. has been mostly inactive, and it, when he has been active, he just hasn't played. Four total snaps um, on the season. Total snaps. He, had, he had one yeah. against the Saints and three against the Broncos. Um, Lucas Van Ness kind of throw him in the same boat, although with more snaps, 170 to the da- to to date. Um, and I'm sure if you move someone like Preston Smith, you're gonna you know bring up someone from a practice squad, or you're gonna claim someone off some old, some other team's practice squad, that kind of thing. Bring back Justin Hollins, whatever is going on. Um, I think it makes sense from a depth point of view. I would say as much as Rashawn Gary is 
clearly the most talented pass rusher on this team. I would say Preston Smith is the most well-rounded. There's not a lot of guys that can, you know, as much as we groan and moan, and it's, may, it's certainly not the best use of his talents, but, you know, he's a good pass rusher, pass rusher, sound run tackler, whatever, <laughs> however you want to put it that way. Can drop back into coverage. Not, again, not ideal. Not ideal, Jim. At all. No. But um, I do think that they would be missing someone that is certainly polished, a veteran leader. A lot of these guys that we're going to go into, it's it's for a team where <laughs> the coach is openly saying we're a mess right now. Jordan Love is clearly out of sorts and you know, maybe this is just who he is. We don't know. I I would fear the repercussions from moving on from someone like Preston Smith or some of the other guys that we move on from or are going to talk about because this team doesn't wouldn't know any better. And you're when you take away players that do know better, that can kind of calm the waters, rather than having guys left to their own devices and t- to sulk. Or, you know, knowing that the season hasn't gone their way by any stretch of the imagination. That's really tough. That is not, it's very clear that the coaching staff has not gotten to that point where they can, hey, keep your chin up and everything like that. Let's get through this. It's a different equation when you're talking about a team that is sliding as bad as the Packers have. And this trade deadline comes at a terrible point in that from that perspective. Right. I think... Speaking to your point, the the group on the re- the Packers to look at are the receivers. The receivers right now are kind of, I guess, struggling to get right because they're all so young. I'm not saying that's the main reason they're struggling to get right, but I'm saying that without a veteran in the locker room to guide them at their position, they're kind of without they're, they're rudderless as a uh, group right now. I think that's kind of like the the term of the week for us is rudderless and directionless. They don't have anyone to stabilize where their water level should be, per se, as we continue with the water and boat theme. But Preston Smith, for the time being, is that veteran in in the edge rushing group, in the linebacking group, along with Devondre Campbell and the, the total linebacking group. But between Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, the rest of the, the edge rushers between JJ Anagbari, Brenton Cox Jr., and the rest of that that group, Preston Smith is the veteran leader. He's been in the NFL for a few years, more than a few, and has the experience to, on both mediocre teams with the the Commanders, right? Or no, am I am I yep. lost? No, yeah. you're right. Yeah, the Commanders, as well as winning teams with the prior era Packers, and is now in a place to guide these young these young edge rushers and guys in the group to success where they might need some support from not a coach, but a player instead to get through some of these hard times and help develop. I think Brenton, Co- Brenton Cox Jr. is like a really good example of someone that could, that could use someone like Preston Smith in the locker room. And like you had said earlier, he's it's not like he's a bad player. He's a good player. He's a well-rounded player. Um, Rashawn Gary, this is for PFF's just defensive metric, which is all their metrics put together, and defense is just the all-encapsing one. Um, Rashawn Gary is ranked 20th this year at with a grade of 79.5. 
Um, to put into context, Miles Garrett is first amongst edge rushers at 93.1. So just to give you that idea of where, where this scale is, um, Preston Smith is down at 34. He's not anywhere like super low, super deep down. Daniel Hunter, who we talked about uh, last week as a difference maker for the Vikings this year, is 35th. Given Daniel Hunter's uh, pass rushing grade is a little better than Preston's, but Preston's also a better run defender, at least PFF thinks, than, than Daniel Hunter, and is a better run defender than Rashawn Gary is, for that matter. And so I think your point about him being a well-rounded veteran to stabilize this group is very true. And as much as we hate to talk about it because it's maddening, he is the most adept edge rusher to go out and cover right now when they need to. It shouldn't happen. He shouldn't have to be out there. But if you were to throw, I think, literally anybody else out there, like Anibare, we saw it when, um, at times when Rashawn Gary was out, it just looks bad. It just, it just, yeah. it just does. And so, um, ultimately, I think trading Preston Smith would be a poor idea. I see the reasoning for it, but I think at most you're probably getting a fourth or fifth rounder for him. Like you're not getting something super high, like a second or a third. Definitely not a first, but um, no. a fourth or a fifth is probably what you're looking at. And I just don't think that um, that pick is worth what you're gaining in development with his leadership at the position for years to come. Because he's he signed through 2026, right? Just to make sure. Yeah, 2026. Yeah, he agreed. And so, that came over the offseason, too. He right. restructured his contract to stay in Green Bay longer years and yada, yada, yada. Right, so I th- I think he'll be here for probably at least this year, next year, twenty twenty five might be a cap casualty year, but um, for all intents and purposes, I think Preston Smith is going to be a part of this this Packers edge rushing group for a while yet. Yeah. Um, should we move on? Are you ready? Are you ready for the next one? I think so. I don't want to talk about it, but I think we have to. Let's do it. Razul Douglas, another veteran, just like Preston Smith, who is playing their their best deal, or they're playing their best football right now on a three-year deal that runs through the end of next season. So he'll be expiring at the end of, of next, obviously next season, which is convenient given the timing of Jordan Love's contract going up, but is only making a million dollars right now and has a, a $4.5 million cap hit for the year. We've talked about him all year as being like the playmaker in the secondary so far. He's been, I think, their vocal leader as well as just their playmaking leader. I think the biggest thing between him and Jair is Jair is more the emotional leader. He's going to be the guy that sets a tone, no matter the tone and how we sort of interpret that sometimes as we grin Riley. <laughs> um Razul has just been having a great year and even as late as this week after the the Vikings game is trying to be the best leader he can be for this team. So I'm curious to see what you have to say, but I think this discussion is going to be almost a carbon copy of the Preston discussion. Yeah, because I think there's at least I think for the secondary and the cornerback position specifically, Razul obviously has played the most. He has more snaps. Jair has been on the lineup the last couple of weeks. It is what it is. 
we knew that the secondary was going to be a liability in terms of it's very thin. It's propped up by Razul and Jair. Darnell Savage is currently out. Um, And the fact that Razul has been kind of the guy that they have turned to in the locker room to kind of help try to erase this, I guess, um, downward momentum. He has been very, I would say, critical, but also like in a very just like we, you know, self-effacing way of where they're at because nothing is going right so far. And I think for me, I look at it this way of, yeah, Razul Douglas would probably help a lot of teams right now. I'm sure a lot of teams would probably look at what he's making and it's a very digestible number. It's not a lot of these guys. It's a weird position for the Packers to be in where they have veterans that are productive, but they've restructured their contracts that it's like they're making pennies, like by comparison. Um, And for Douglas, it's like, okay, if you're really, if we're really looking at everything in terms of like their financial layout, and if you're going to move players, maybe to gain more picks or move them on, knowing that you're entering a full on rebuild here, which is on the table. Mm-hmm. Do you basically cash in your Razul Douglas Douglas ticket right now, or do you wait till the off season and maybe think on bigger fish to fry, whether that's moving on from Jair? Because I think, really, like I. I I, we all have these strong opinions and convictions of what the Packers should do. Should they go into full tank mode or whatever? This team is just bad right now. They're on their way to be to getting into that top five. They're at six right now. Like they don't really have to do a full down teardown to make to get to vault into that position. And really, again, building blocks here. If you're you just recently extended Rashawn Gary, you just signed. Jair, uh, Jair Alexander to a contract extension a couple years ago. Last, yeah, last offseason. It's been hit or miss, really, in terms of his production, and obviously the team's success folded into that too. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't think that. I think anything is on the table in terms of just like thought exercises. Obviously, I just I don't know if we're at the point where they is Razul Douglas the kind of guy that they'd be like, hey. Let's move on from him, and then we'll see what we have with Jair and Corey Ballantyne, Robert Rochelle, who they just picked up last week, <laughs> Carrington Valentine, Keyshawn Nixon. Like it, it's it's that's where we're at right now. Right. You know what I mean, and it again, it's going to come with the territory if they continue to plunge it to the bottom. Right, and I think your point about looking at bigger fish to fry is maybe the more appetizing way to go about this for the Packers rather than moving in season. Cause I think the biggest thing about this entire trade discussion, the trade deadline is that we we've known for a while that the Packers will, will never go full tank and they're always going to go out there to win games. They just are. Mm-hmm. We saw that evidence by the fact that they didn't start Jordan love at the end of uh, last year when Rogers went down against the Eagles um, injured and their playoff chances were all but gone despite making a little run at the end of the year there. So I think for they're, they're always just going to make the moves that are best for their winning culture and to the detriment of that. Sometimes 
I, I don't think trading Razul right now is a good idea because right now they're so thin at secondary. It would it would take longer. It would it would have a harder time stopping what is already a somewhat of a porous defense at times if you're not taking if you take out your highest graded corner um, and trade him to somebody else. For for context, yeah. uh, Razul is. I can't do this math quickly in my head, but it looks to be about 10th or 11th-ish in coverage grade, according to PFF, and is 18th in Most total defense. Most snaps on the, on the Packers' defense is here, too. Right. And so he's he's grading out well in coverage at 79.6. Like, he's the top guy is Darius Williams at 87.8, so less than 10 points behind the, the top guy. He's in that sort of elite group, along with guys around him, including Devin Witherspoon, the rookie in Seattle, um, Christian Gonzalez, who was doing well before he went down with an injury, um, looking at Trey Brown for the Seahawks, D. Alford for the Falcons. Sauce is only three points ahead of him at 82. So, like, he's he's in some, I'm not going to say elite, but some pretty good company um, as when it comes to coverage this year. And so he, he spoke after the Vikings game about trying to be a leader for his for his group. And I think it'd be it's best served to keep this guy on the team for now because Jair's playing hurt for all intents and purposes. Like if we want to pick and choose that that way yesterday. Right. I think the the point being is that if you trade Razul, this secondary is going to be decimated between no Eric Stokes because he's on IR, no Donald Savage because he's on IR, and then Jair is out with a a testy back week to week. (laughs) If you're taking out Razul, you're starting... Uh, Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine, Keyshawn Nixon, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens. You want to talk about a secondary that will get torched week in and week out? There, there it is. Frankly, and I don't have their their heights and everything in front of me, but I know for sure that Razul is one of the taller guys in their secondary. I'm trying to yeah. pull it up quick, but we know that. Um, Jair is relatively shorter. Jair is 5'10", so is Keyshawn Nixon. If I can bring up safeties quickly, you guys can appease me. Um, they, they just need Razul's 6'2 frame in order to have any sort of success. Jonathan Owens is 5'11", Savage is 5'11", Rudy Ford six 6'0". So if you're going to have a defender cover any of the big guys that they go up against, it has to be Razul. Like when Travis Kelsey and company come to town in... Um, December, I believe, and Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is up in the box eights cheering on her boyfriend. Like she's gonna have to, gonna be cheering quite a lot if there's no Russell Douglas to help cover Travis Kelsey in the slot. <laughs> like that's just the, that's just the case. You can't expect a guy to cover Travis Kelsey, who I'm pretty sure is like six five, six six. But dude is tall. Yes. You can't expect Jair to have any sort of success or have literally any other, um player to have success except for Razul against him. Like Razul is giving three or is, is three inches shorter than Travis Kelsey. And he's the only guy that the Packers have that could probably defend him. So yeah. I think you're just really setting up yourself to have a end of the year like the Bears did last year, where it's just abysmal for 15, 13 straight games. And even then, like again, what what are we talking about with Razul Douglas? Fifth rounder? Same thing as Preston. Yeah, same thing as Preston. Like, Like, you're not getting a whole lot for him. He's a number two cornerback for, I mean, really number one this year for the Packers. But, um, again, he's a guy that I would, 
if you're going to explore bigger questions in the offseason, theoretically, mm-hmm. speculation, you need someone to kind of, again, a rudder within that secondary because safety is going to look pretty different. Yeah. Uh, especially with Savage being on a contract. And we'll get right. to him. Quick note on him. He would have been a, probably a good trade candidate just because he was playing well. Um, in the last year of his contract, another guy that was easily digestible for other teams that they, we already saw the Eagles make a play for Kevin Bayard, Bayard, Baird, Baird. um, from Tennessee, you know, again, a lot of these contending teams have already had some, some, um, hits in their secondary. Dallas is certainly one of them with Trayvon Diggs being gone Mm -hmm. last month. Yep. But maybe that's where Roosevelt Douglas gets looped in if they if other teams really want him but i don't know i don't know yeah it it, it's hard i ultimately don't think it should be something the packers explore because i think your point of this team is already bad right yeah this team is already bad what does it without trying without trying what does it do to really trade two veterans like smith and razul to make that team all the much worse. Like, it's going to be hard regardless to get lower than the Bears and the Panthers to get up into that t- that one or first or second QB off the board kind of range. Depending on how those two teams continue to play out their years, it's seemingly like that's going to be sort of the case. The Cardinals, too. Like, the Cardinals currently have the top, currently have the top pick, and they sink. Yep. And they're benching Josh Dobbs for Clayton Toon, who sounds like the character out of the... Dave, that tune. He sounds like the character out of the... Uh, Chappelle show skit <laughs> like he just <laughs> yes. it's just it's I just don't think this team needs help being bad and I would rather have veterans helping be leaders and, also... and teach other guys how to lead before they end up walking out the door because like I would doubt Razul would sign another contract here unless he really likes being here but he's here at least another year at most unless he signs another contract and if you really don't value him that much then sure trade him but i think he does hold a lot more value than that might suggest to the team we're also adding you know it, it, we're not going to be drafting based on need no based it's on be, what this it's, roster is yeah but there there's gonna be a lot of things that they're gonna have to take care of and the more this is just a general trade thing the more that the packers take away from what they have and granted yes it's not it's not great why would I, I would understand why someone would be like, well, why are you clutching to these players when the team is not that great? Fair. It's a fair way of looking at it. I would also say, why add more to the pile of of things that aren't working for this team personnel-wise? Because they're not going to have all the resources to just be like, hey, we'll get them through free agency. We got, uh, I think, what is it, 11, 12 picks coming in the draft next year? They're not all going to hit. Like no. as much as we think this this uh, first round pick next year is going to be the you know next Messiah, right? La- at Lambo, it's it's not. That's not always how it happens. And I think for what it's worth, to put into context, the Packers only have eight picks next year. I should say only. That's a lot of picks, but they have one pick for each of the rounds plus the Jets pick. So like they're not going to have. I don't think that's true. I think they have more. Uh, they'll have compensation picks which haven't been yes which haven't been oh, handed out yeah, yet. Yeah. 
So yeah, of their confirmed picks, I guess you're right. They will have comp picks. They'll have, I think, I don't think Devontae's pick is this year. They'll I thought have it was, Lazard. Yeah, Lazard. I don't think they get one for Rodgers. Who else did they maybe? lose? I'm trying to think. Amos, maybe? They might get a couple. They might get a couple. But the point being is that as of right now, they only have one pick in each round and then the Jets pick. And yeah. so, yeah, if they have 10, 12 picks next year, that's fine. But this team doesn't need more more picks. They don't, they're don't. they young enough, frankly. Yeah. And so I would rather keep the veterans around and trade yes. those older, those those deeper picks up for higher caliber con- uh, talent in the draft. Like, I, like, I'm of the opinion that they can trade every third for the rest of time to try and move up higher in the second uh the second round or the back end of the first and then treat fifth sixth and seventh round guys like they're just trading cards honestly i know yeah. there's there's some talent that come out of there the carl brooks the colby woodens the dante Mixes, the grant deboses whatever you want to call them there's talent back there but i'd rather just take bigger chances on guys who are graded out higher and have more likely of a chance of having an impact their their rookie year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, let's move on to uh, to the next guy. I guess, do you want to go through Donald Savage? We kind of went through him already, talking about... I kind of went through him. Yeah. I, I Also, I'm always confused whether you can trade an injured player, because I played Madden. You couldn't do it then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's go on to our final guy, who is A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, in the last year of his contract... Um, 1.33 million uh, base with a cap hit just north of that a little bit at 1.68. Um, the team's leading rusher by basically default since Aaron Jones has been hurt most of the year. And Jordan Love can't scramble for every play. That's right. Uh, 85 carries, 266 rushing yards, um, 100 totals, or I'm sorry, 366 total scrimmage yards, and one touchdown in 250 snaps this season. So. AJ Dillon, the month is about to strike November. Maybe he picks it up a little more. It's something you can sell other teams on. But has been up and down all year long. Like he just started slow with the opportunity to be the starter behind Aaron Jones. Once he went down, he didn't really capitalize. And that was a point of contention amongst us on, on this pod and amongst fans overall. Has picked it up as of late. Um, you made a great point in the um, the chat in the Discord on Sunday breaking the action 
join the discord ghpn.info um that it has it seemed like aj dylan was having a really good game and a good game rushing was getting involved in the passing game and then got hurt went down for a couple plays ultimately came back but you said that it was indicative of this season that things were starting to pick up they were going 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 and then injury and then bad thing happens and so I guess the the idea behind trading AJ Dillon is that you think you're going to keep Aaron Jones probably for the rest of his career if he sticks around next year. I think next year will be interesting if he is a cap casualty, given that I think Aaron Jones is $11 million cap hit next year. And they have Emmanuel Wilson on the roster behind him, a guy that I think the team or the team in the franchise clearly likes because they kept an undrafted rookie free agent on the 53-man roster. And he gets snaps. It's, he's not like Brenton Cox Jr. where he's only getting four snaps in the season. He's getting two or three snaps a game and is making some some breaks at some of those runs, particularly the one against the Broncos at the end of the first half last week. So if you think A.J. Dillon, you're not going to bring A.J. Dillon back, maybe you trade him. Personally, I don't think any team is calling for AJ Dillon. I don't really know who's really out there looking no. for for a running back. I think the only team you might, that might want to call for him is the Rams because they've had an injury plagued backfield all season long. But yeah. they're not aiming to be good in the first place. Matthew Stafford just got hurt. I think they understand that they're in the doldrums of their talent level right now as a as a franchise after winning the Super Bowl two years ago. So I don't think they're selling assets or they're, they're trading away picks for um, for players when they're in a or in a division with the Niners and the Seahawks who are clearly a step, a step above them. Yeah, again, I think this is probably a more clear-cut way of looking at it where you don't really have to trade for A.J. Dillon knowing that he's going to be a free agent in a couple months. Right. And given what he's playing it's gotten better it's gotten better but he's not going to get lead starter running back money we know how no. devalued running backs are until at it by large yeah um and yeah like I, I i don't know if the packers will have interest in him beyond this year um i wouldn't say his play is warranted I, I, I legitimately have no idea what this running back room is going to look like next year. No, I, I would hope that Aaron Jones factors into it, but there's so much uncertainty and the fact that they're essentially capping his touches in part because of his hamstring injury just leads to questions about, is he sitting well with this kind of role? And you know what I mean? Like athletes are wired to play regardless if things are, you know, limiting them from playing at 100%. Um, in terms of A.J. Dillon, the guy has gotten better as the season gone, has gone along. Packers have had to rely on him. He's got the most carries, most yards. Not that by, that it's, you know, world-beating numbers by any means. But, yeah, I just I don't see it from a market pers- uh, perspective. Um, and we'll see how this running back room shakes up because it really anything could be on the table of, of both leaving one staying one going maybe both staying another year although i highly doubt that option um but yeah it kind of just like he's making he's, he's i'm sorry he turns 26 this this coming spring and 
you look at some of the other players that are probably in his in his range, like Gus Edwards is probably in his range of, of talent level. Um maybe Jamichael Hasty in his range of talent level. Um there's not a lot of guys in this sort of I'm looking at like Samaj P. Ryan is in his HS talent level and they're getting like less than ten million dollars. Like less than they're not getting a lot. Especially it's not mm. a lot guaranteed either. Like Smaji P. Ryan got three million guaranteed. Um, Gus Edwards got almost four when they signed their contracts around the same age. So it kind of depends on what he sees fit and what other teams see fit. But yeah, I I don't know whether I'd want to trade AJ Dillon or not. Like, I just don't think you're going to get a lot for him. And what is a is seventh, that better than nothing? Is a seventh round pick better than nothing? Maybe <laughs> it might just be a wash. I mean, that, that it, it that, probably is a wash. I think it's the most yeah. like unharmful. Is it a boat or the mystery box? I yes. think it's the most unharmful that situation like ever. Drafted yeah. in the second round, the the in a year where we didn't need a running back between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So look at Goody for that one. I think it's for the most part worked out. I think the idea was there. There was. He was good early in his career. He was good his sophomore year, but hasn't been able to take that jump like we would have wanted to become a true like workhorse back to succeed Aaron Jones. But all that aside, I don't think it's a yeah. failed pick. I think it's just a it's a wash. Not not super positive, not ultimately negative either. So is is a seventh round pick better than letting him walk at the end of the year? Sure. In theory, I, in theory, but then throw. right in theory, but then that brings you to then three running backs on the roster with a hampered Aaron Jones. Or I'm sorry, it brings you down to two, two with a hampered Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they'll do it. Ultimately, I think we, as we talked pre-pod and earlier today, I don't think they're going to make any trades. I was going back through the the history. I think we did this last year on the deadline too, but. The Packers just historically don't make trades in season. Uh, they s- traded away Ty Montgomery and Ha Clinton Dix in 2018, I believe that was. And then before that, I believe it was a different running back whose name escapes me right now. I had that up on spot track at one point, but Niall Davis. Niall Davis, yep, that's what it was. Or who it was, mind you. So all in all, I wouldn't expect to like in the same vein that they traded Ha Clinton Dix in the middle of a bad season, that could have been the Donald Savage lane. I don't think that is. You remember what the Packers got for Ha Ha Clinton Dix? It was like a seventh rounder. It wasn't a lot. It was a fourth rounder. A f- Jesus, I think Ha Ha had more potential than Savage at that point, but I think Montgomery- Ty, Ty Montgomery um, got the seventh rounder for yeah. the Ravens. So I looked at them both fourth today. Fourth rounder. So. That's pretty. That was higher than I remember. Than you anticipated, yeah. Well, so. I think the um, the the place at which he was drafted. So I guess Donald could have gotten that, but I don't know if he does. He had a pretty poor last year. He was playing well this year, but who knows? For all intents and purposes, I just don't think they they make a trade tomorrow slash today as you're listening to this. So hopefully this is all for not. Maybe we had some insightful things that ended up proving true. If not, um. It was fun just to go through it because I think a lot of these things we didn't have a chance to go through on Sunday, but I think it was important to be said about the state of this team and how it looks um, for trades as the season continues for another nine hours <laughs> until until the deadline hits. 
And at the very least, we talked about Rashawn Gary. That's right. That's right. So, um, anything else, Jordan? We got here. No, I think I think that about covers it. I we'd both be surprised if the Packers make any moves, but again, things could change. We'll see if there's actually some a team that wants to bring in one of the veterans that the Packers might be willing to part with. Right. Exactly. So. All right, folks, thank you for listening. As always, check out gsp.info. You can find uh, the rest of the Eurostep Podcast Network pods. Eurostep with Todd Rohan, who will have a new episode out of uh, Bucks content, probably as you're listening to this, regarding the loss to the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday, and as they're playing the Miami Heat right now, and however however that game ends up, they're currently leading 33-28 with 10-33 left in the second to put a timestamp on this episode. But yeah, check out your step with Tyler Rohan. Check out one and six with my lovely co-host here, Jordan, and lovely dearest friend Adam McGee, who probably won't hear this because he doesn't listen to Todd. <laughs> but then check out Adam and Andrew on cruising for a bruising. Um, with all things brewers as the council saga comes to eventually a close, maybe? He gone. I don't think he gone. I, I think I think he's he's getting all of his offers on the table and then then going back to Anastasio and saying this is my number pay it or I'm, or I'm gone I think he should pay it if they don't pay it it's a bad look this isn't cruising we're not gonna get into it <laughs> but also check in check out my time for this with Andrew and Adam as well uh as they reviewed uh killers of the flower moon Martin Scorsese's latest epic so Thank you all for hanging out with us and listening as you always do. We really appreciate it. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you.